The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Thank you, each and every one of us. Father, we come before you this evening in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Master and King of everything. We come to thank you for giving us the opportunity to present ourselves before you, to worship you. Lord, this is what we desire, to know you and know you better each and every time we come together, that you would reveal yourself to us, Lord, through the music that Daniel and Richard will play, and uh, David, and that through the word that Brother Frank will preach, Father. We ask that your grace and your mercy will abound in each of our lives, Lord God. Letting go the things of the past and pressing on to that one thing, the one thing, the calling that you have given us to serve you with all our heart. We ask for your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, and you're welcome every Friday to come at 7.30. And excuse me for not remembering, but I'm remembering now. Come, we're here for you. God bless you. Le premier chant s'appelle « Ta fidélité est grande ». Et comme c'est un chant qui est petit, on le fait à trois étages. On va changer d'accord. Ta fidélité est grande Ta fidélité est incomparable comme toi, mon Seigneur, grande ta fidélité. Au monde, ta fidélité est grande, ta fidélité est incomparable, nul n'est comme toi. Le prochain morceau 
s'appelle Yahvé, Rapha, Elohim, Shaddai, Jireh, Adonai, qui sont des attributs de Dieu. Adonai, 
Chasse nomme relever le faible. Le, le faible, c'est toutes les personnes qui reconnaissent qu'ils ont besoin du Seigneur, qui peuvent rien par eux-mêmes. Donc, je suis faible. Au-delà des océans, tu es venu me chercher au-delà de mes tourments ton amour a triomphé montre-moi la splendeur et la beauté qu'il y a à t'obéir de tout cœur à se confier à ta voix tu viens relever le faible, tu le prends dans tes bras, tu le conduis vers ton Père qui le console d'ici-bas. Dans le cri de ma prière, sois mon secours et ma joie, passé de l'ombre à ta lumière, j'ai mis mon espoir en toi. Puisque ma vie passera, en toi je veux demeurer Puisque tu t'y feras Mon cœur en toi veut s'ancrer Montre-moi la splendeur Et la beauté qu'il y a À t'obéir de tout cœur À se confier à ta voix Relever le faible, tu le prends dans tes bras, tu le conduis vers ton Père, qui le console ici-bas. Entends le cri de ma prière, sois mon secours et ma joie. Passer de l'ombre à ta lumière, j'ai mis mon espoir en toi. Passer de l'ombre à ta lumière, j'ai mis mon espoir en toi. Le prochain chant ça, se nomme « Down on my knees ». Et ça dit que je n'ai pas trouvé Dieu quand tu étais sur le haut de la montagne ni dans la vallée. Ça dit quand tu étais au-dessus de tes affaires ou dans le désespoir, mais c'est sur tes genoux, tu l'as connu. « Down on my knees » I found my Jesus 
down on my knee I found my lawn It wasn't on a mountain Not in the valley But it was on my knee That I found my lawn Whilst I was blind I could not see the glory of Jesus, so rich and free. I've heard about the man of Galilee. I cried out, Lord, who oh, help me please down on my knees. I found my Jesus down on my knees. I found my Lord. It wasn't on a mountain, not in the valley, but it was on my knees. And I found my Lord. He took my hand. I held up high He saw the tears That I have cried He come down and helped me die And said, my child Oh, my child You are mine Down on my knees I found my Jesus down on my knees. I found my Lord. It wasn't on the mountain, not in the valley, but it was on my knees that I found my Lord. It wasn't on the mountain, not in the valley, but it was on my knees that I found my love. Maintenant, notre frère Richard a un chant. Okay. <laughs> I hope you're having a great uh, week up to now. I have a short word for you tonight. And uh, feel free to participate in the message. So it's going to be from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to read from verses 2 to 4. Alors, on va lire à partir de 2e Corinthiens, chapitre 11, à partir du verset 2 à 4. And uh, the word of God... You got a French Bible? Yeah, you know what? I'll read it, and then I'll, I'll switch it up in ah, French for you, all right? So, I'm going to read it in English, and then he'll read it in French. So, in English, it says this. Okay. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ... 
so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be somehow be led astray from the sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily. Alors, euh, oh, si vous pouviez supporter de ma part un peu... Oh, à partir du verset 2, excusez-moi. Car je suis jaloux de vous, d'une jalousie de Dieu, parce que je vous ai fiancé à un seul époux pour vous présenter à Christ comme une vierge pure. Toutefois, de même que le serpent séduisit Ève par sa ruse, je crains que vos pensées ne se corrompent et ne se détournent de la simplicité à l'égard de Christ. Car si quelqu'un vient vous prêcher un autre Jésus que celui que nous avons prêché, ou si vous recevez un autre esprit que celui que vous avez reçu, ou un autre évangile que celui que vous avez embrassé, vous le supportez fort bien. Thank you. Amen. And the title of the word this evening. Et le titre de mon message ce soir. Keep it simple. C'est garder ça simple. Tell your neighbor. Dites à votre voisin. Please keep it simple. S'il vous plaît, garde ça simple. <laughs> People don't like complicated things. Les gens, pas les qui sont uh, every time Christianity gets complicated, fois que on la christianité, la christianité, what ends up happening is that people get turned off. There are literally people out there that if you talk to them about coming to Christ one of the things that inhibits them is the fact that they find that it's complicated to be a Christian. Because they're imagining so many different commands, so many obligations, so many do's and don'ts, so many gray areas, what does God want? How does he want me to do it? And so because they have all these conceptions in their mind, oftentimes what they say wait I'm not ready and it's really oftentimes it's not a question of not being ready it is because they don't understand Christianity they don't understand what Christian life is Now, the Bible says here that Paul wants to present this church as a pure virgin to Christ what he's basically saying is that these people that he brought to Christ he wants to bring them in a beautiful way in front of the Lord. So when he's talking about their virginity being defiled, he's not even referring to sin. He's referring to another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit. He's saying that these are the very things that come and defile the bride. 
It's when we don't have a, an understanding of Christ, His Spirit, and the Gospel. Now the thing is, when it comes to Jesus, and it comes to the Spirit, and it comes to the Gospel, the Bible says, it's simple. It's simple. And so if we don't see this simplicity, we're going to really miss out on everything that God has to offer to us. So tonight, I'm going to give you the entire Bible in a very simple format. Now I want you to know that as... Um, a church we can teach on so many subjects the peace of God the peace of God spiritual warfare walking with joy five keys to happiness all kinds of subjects we can touch but even if we have thousands of subjects I'm telling you the gospel is very simple Now, the gospel in terms of Jesus. Jesus is 100% man, 100% God. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He does not say, I am a way, a truth. A life. He says, I am the life. He doesn't say, I give resurrection. He says, I am resurrection. I want you to know, anybody who talks about Jesus and wants to bring you a Jesus that is not 100% God and man, this is another Jesus. I want you to know, the day is coming very soon that they are going to preach to all of the church that Jesus was a prophet. It's the only way for them to create a one world religion is to say that Jesus was a prophet. That Jesus was a way to God. That he's not the only way Many people that profess to be Christians are speaking about another Jesus now. They, they, they're talking about, you know, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm born a Christian, so I follow Jesus, but, you know, these other religions, they are finding their way to God. This is another Jesus. Jesus is not a prophet. He is the truth. And it's not me who says it. 
It's him who says it. It's the claims he made about himself. Let, let me put it to you this way. Jesus can only be one of three things. He's either a liar. He's either a lunatic. Or he is the son of God. But he cannot be a prophet. Let's just go down the rabbit hole of logic. Good way to translate the expression. That's just good. Uh, so, <clears throat> Jesus made extreme claims about himself. He says, no one can go to the Father except through me. He says, anybody who goes another way is a thief and a robber. He's the, I'm, the, I'm the only way. I'm the only truth. I am the truth. Now, these claims that Jesus said, he really said them. Now, the question is, if he's not the Son of God, let's imagine that. That would mean that if he was in his right mind, que s'il était dans sa bonne pensée, then, then, he would be lying. But if he's lying about such things, about eternal life, about who he is, these are very nasty lies. It, 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 this is not a small lie. This would be lie with the intent to deceive. A lie with intent to have people worship him. So if he wasn't, if he knew what he was saying wasn't true and he was lying about it, I don't think we can say he's a prophet. If he's lying, he's a bad man. He's actually one of the worst men to ever have lived. To have led billions of people astray. What if he wasn't lying? What if he really thought he was? But he wasn't. Would you really just say, oh, that's guy that, you know, he's just, he's got a few loose screws. Listen, Brother Nick, we love when he's making us coffees. But if when he starts to give us the coffee, if he starts and he starts saying, this is my blood, that's given for you. Eat my flesh. Eat my blood. This cafe would lose some of its popularity. And I don't think that everybody would be saying Brother Nick is a nice guy. We would start saying, I think Nick is losing it. Jesus said way, way heavier stuff than that. The truth is, with the claims that Jesus has made about himself, He either lied, he was either crazy, or he is who he says he is. One that we cannot choose. We cannot say he was a prophet. 
We can't just say he was a good teacher. I know a lot of people in the New Age movement want to say he was just a great teacher. But his claims are not the claims of a great teacher. It's too major what he said. What he said about himself puts him in only one of those three categories. Now the way he spoke and lived shows that he was not crazy. And there was miracles, signs and wonders that followed the word that came out of his mouth. And when they asked him and they said to him, how do we know that you really are who you say you are? He gave an undeniable proof. He said, the father is going to do something with me that he's never done with anybody else. He's going to raise me from the dead. He is the only one that came out of the grave. We can no longer tolerate this, uh, this another Jesus gospel. You cannot have any more conversation with friends where they're just telling you, you know, I'm happy that you're a Christian. But for me, you know, Jesus is really a good teacher. You have to be able to respond, this is another Jesus that you're talking about. And you you cannot be talking about the Jesus of the Gospels. Because the Jesus of the Gospels, what he said, cannot be categorized as a good person. Either he said the truth, or he lied. And if he lied, then don't start telling me he's a good guy. Don't start telling me he's a good guy. We need to bring people to understand the level of the claims of Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. And he has positioned himself in this world. And he has made claims about who he is. And our eternal destiny it is, it is determined Determined by what we will do about the claims he made about himself. Listen to me. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross for the sins of humanity. He died for all sin. He died for all sin of all people. He died for all sins, past, present, and future. That means the sins of every single person on this planet right now are already forgiven. They're already forgiven. People who end up in hell will not end up in hell because of sin. They end up in hell because they have refused to believe in the one that was sent for their sin. 
retourne en enfer parce qu'il refuse de croire celui qui a été envoyé pour payer pour leur péché. How tragic is that? Comment tragique ça peut to être? End ça? Up in hell. Tu te retrouves en enfer. Not because of what you've done. Pas parce que de ce que tu as fait. But because you didn't believe in the one who came for what you've done. Parce que tu crois pas celui qui est venu pour payer pour toi. It's such a tragedy. C'est une tragédie. No one needs to go to hell. Their sin has already been paid for. But they must receive the real Jesus. Not a teacher. Not a prophet. The Son of God. The only Lord and Savior. To Him be glory and honor and power. Forever and ever. Amen. This is the Jesus of the Gospels. He commands obedience. He requires He requires our worship. He requires us to believe on him. That is the work. They asked him. They asked Jesus at one point. He said, Jesus, how can we work the works of God? He said, this is the work of God. Believe in the one he sent. Believe in me. Christianity starts by believing in Jesus. Well, Pretty simple, right? Well, the devil's trying so many ways to make us turn away from this simple truth. Let me go a little bit deeper. When it comes to this Jesus, I want you to understand Jesus had many, had different phases to his person. For example, before Jesus was Jesus, he was the Word. Before Jesus was Jesus, he was already with God. And he was God. God the Son became the Son of of God. God the Son became Jesus. That means before Jesus came on earth, he was glorious. He was so glorious that in John chapter 17, just before Jesus is going to the cross, he is praying to his father. And he says to his father, Father, I'm coming back. Restore to me the glory I had with you before the world began. That means that from the beginning of time until the date that Jesus was born, he was glorious. Filled with power. All knowing. All powerful. All present. He was omniscient. Full of the glory. Then. 
he emptied himself of his glory and he came on earth and he became a man and he became a servant he lasted in this form for 33 years that's it after 33 years he left the earthly form he died when he died he resurrected that means when we talk about Jesus we cannot simply focus on the Jesus of the gospels we cannot focus simply on the Jesus of the cross the cross was momentary we must focus on the resurrected and the glorious Christ Jesus never said I am the cross and the life he said I am the resurrection and the life resurrection is who he is I find it so tragic that the church is always speaking about Jesus in the form that he was in the Gospels. And we're always presenting the Gospel Jesus to people. Les Jésus des Évangiles aux gens. Parce que comprenez, We'll switch understand. language, yeah. Understand. Parce que comprenez que le Jésus des Évangiles, c'est le modèle it is the que nous devons marcher selon. That we should walk like. Mais ce n'est pas qui il est aujourd'hui. Il est ressuscité. He is il a fait son ascension. He rose from the dead. Il est glorifié. He is On doit le voir comme il est. Like he is. Seigneur. Lord. Sur la mort. Of, over the death. Il est Seigneur. He is Lord. Il est puissant. He is powerful. Si on fait simplement prêcher Jésus sur la croix, cross, sans faire comprendre aux gens que Jésus est ressuscité, on est en train de prêcher un autre Jésus. Non, on va être sérieux là. Est-ce que vous pensez que Pierre, quand il allait prêcher dans les maisons et dans les synagogues, quand il prêchait dans les églises, est-ce que tu penses que Pierre a dit, allons ouvrir notre Bible à l'évangile de Marc. Marc est à côté de lui. Marc n'a pas encore écrit chapitre 5. Marc n'a pas encore chapitre 5. So c'est sûr so qu'il ne prêchait pas Marc chapitre 5. C'est impossible. Marc n'a pas encore écrit chapitre Mark 5. Il ne prêchait pas des messages de les évangiles. Les évangiles n'étaient pas écrits. Qu'est-ce qu'il prêchait? So Christ ressuscité. Christ resurrected. 
on, on, on sait les prédications qu'ils ont faites. Lili, ils sont là, Acte chapitre 2. Il a dit, celui que vous avez crucifié, Dieu l'a ressuscité. Maintenant, répondez. Dieu a fait de lui Seigneur. Repentez-vous et soyez baptisés. That's it. C'est pas compliqué. Est-ce qu'il y a quelqu'un qui voit de quoi je parle? Le vrai Jésus. L'unique Jésus. Ne laisse personne diminuer qui Jésus-Christ est. On ne peut pas tolérer un autre Jésus. Je peux continuer? La Bible parle ici pas simplement d'un autre Jésus. La Bible parle d'un autre esprit. Est-ce que vous savez qu'il y a d'autres esprits aujourd'hui qui veulent opérer dans l'Église? Je me permettrai de parler un petit peu du mouvement de Nouvel Âge. Parce que c'est un mouvement qui est tellement puissant. Et euh, là, presque tout les livres du mouvement Nouvel Âge, on parle de Jésus comme quelqu'un qui est très illuminé, qui comprend des choses. Parce que Jésus va déclarer si quelqu'un dit à cette montagne, ôte-toi de là et jette-toi dans la mer et croit dans son cœur. Ça va arriver. Et maintenant, on a plein de nous, le mouvement qui parle de le déclarer puis ça va arriver le name it claim it maintenant la réalité c'est quoi Jésus a dit ces choses mais toutes ces choses sont soumises à la seigneurie de Christ elles sont soumises à la volonté de Dieu le nouvel âge a fait de nous des dieux. Et on utilise la parole de Dieu pour subvenir à nos besoins. Et on utilise la parole de Dieu et on utilise la parole de Dieu pour That's it. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to help you back, you know. <laughs> And we, we use the word of God for selfish desire. Every time, prayer becomes selfish. It's another spirit. Every time, prayer is becoming Uh, subservient to the flesh. It is another spirit that is operating in the church. God is not a Santa Claus that is there to give us what we want. On the contrary, we are to submit ourselves to his will and then declare the things he wants and let those things come to pass. 
This is the true spirit. Now, the spirit that Christ came to bring on earth, it is a spirit of grace and truth. Another spirit that is often operating. And it's from the spirit of the law. It is the spirit of condemnation and of guilt. So we have a lot of this upside down, I think. Let me give you an example. Okay, so let's say in the cafe here, some of you people you're still swearing a lot. So now, I would th- say to myself, I'm Frank the prophet. And I'm Frank the prophet. And I'm going to come and denounce sin. And now I come. How dare you? Come on, How dare you use the mouth that God gave you to speak such curses? Shame on you! Oh, you should see the Spirit of God! He's watching what comes out of your mouth! Don't you know you're defiling yourself? Purify yourself! And now some people get so excited with that kind of preaching, you know? He says, now, you know, he's denouncing sin. Yeah, we're going to get sin out of here. What is happening is that with such message, oftentimes, comes great condemnation. And so people feel so bad about what they're doing. And so as they start to feel bad, they change. They actually stop swearing. Sometimes we even throw in the fear of God. Don't you have fear? You don't have it? When you talk like that, you don't feel anything? And again, we, we put it, we, we make sure that it's even heavier than condemnation. So that the person can not only feel bad, but also is afraid with what they've done. And now because of this, we tell them that now they need to repent. And now they repent. And they change. But what is provoking the change? It's condemnation. It's guilt. It's fear. So, do you know that you can have a church that everybody walks straight but nobody has the Spirit of God? You, you can condition people to walk in a certain way that they don't even know why they're walking the way that they're walking. They don't have a relationship with God. But they're walking exactly the way you tell them to because you put fear in them. Is this the Spirit of God? Now, mind you, I'm not saying that you cannot confront sin. 
We see it all throughout uh, the epistles that Paul does address situations. But I really do believe that the message of God to the church it is a message of grace and love. And I believe that within the message of grace and love there is conviction of sin. Because as people come into contact with the one who loves them, they end up letting go of sin. Let me prove it to you. There was a woman that was caught in adultery. She was caught in, in the act. That means she did this. And they took the woman. They brought her to Jesus. They said to Jesus. He says, we found this woman. We've seen what she did. This woman betrayed her husband. She slept with another man. We found her. We've seen what she did. Let's speculate in scripture. Even though I'm pretty sure it wasn't true. Her husband is right there. That's not written. But let's imagine it. What are we going to do with this woman? This wicked woman. The law says we should get rid of her. We should stone her. Jesus is watching. Doesn't say a word. The law says he needs to condemn her. Oh, says he gets on, his, on the ground starts to write on the floor I would love to know I would love to know what he wrote but I'm sure he wrote something that those people when they read it uh, they saw themselves in whatever the heck he was writing because when he got up he says the one who never sinned throw the first one. Now, nobody threw a rock. Did Jesus sin? In his life, had he sinned? So, he could have been the one to throw the first stone. He actually authorized himself to punish her for what she did. What did he do? He didn't. They all walked away. And she looked at him. He says, I don't condemn you either. And then what does he say? Go. And stop sinning. I mean, love is the most powerful force to make somebody cease and desist from sin. We can teach on honor. 
we can, and we can realize, oh, maybe I missed it here, here and there. That's fine. We can teach on having the tongue, using the tongue properly. And we can see where we go wrong and we can adjust. But this is the doctrine of Christ when you're teaching and bringing people to understand. But to condemn? That's another ball game. This is Old Testament. Do you know how many pastors their kids don't serve God? Do you know how many? It is literally a tragedy. The amount of ministers that their children don't serve God. I'm not talking that they have five kids and one of them walked away. I'm talking you have five kids, zero serve God. Now, didn't these kids grow up in your household? How many, how many parents who grew in the gospel have their kids and their kids don't serve God? Now, didn't you have these kids in your house for 15 to 18 to 20 years? Now they don't want to know about the Lord? I tell you, most of the time is because the spirit that we're using to, to, to make them come to Christ, parents use condemnation. They use guilt. They use manipulation. How dare you? Don't you know? How can you be like that? Don't you know how God is looking at you? And, and without realizing, we think it's God. We really do. But it's not the Spirit of God. And then by the time they grow up, even though they looked like they were walking right, but there's no spiritual experience. There's no encounter with God. There's no encounter with His Spirit. Because they, they lived by obligation. They lived with fear. They didn't want to get a beating. They didn't want to get exposed. They didn't want to be part of the message on Sunday morning. It's okay, nobody's saying amen, but I know these things are true. It's, and imagine, we are so good to preach to all the crowd. And yet, we're using the wrong spirit with our own children. Because it's hard to show your kids grace. Sometimes we want to hammer them into submission. You don't get it. But it doesn't work, guys. I know I was there. And, and, and had I not shifted, 
I'm sure my kids would have walked away from the Lord. I had to completely shift the way I operated. Let me explain to you what I mean by this other spirit. And I pray that after we finish the word tonight, that you never move with condemnation again, but that you move with grace and truth. I had one of my kids that came into a situation that I was very disappointed. And obviously I'm going to speak in, uh, in uh, vague terms. But I, but I was really frustrated with the situation. I don't understand how this can be happening in your life. This happened a few years ago. And my first reaction as a father, imagine how I was thinking back then. I said to myself, I said, you know what? I'm going to stop speaking. I'm going to give her the cold shoulder. I'm going to show her that daddy's pissed off. And when she's going to see how mad I am, she's going to change. The next day, I spoke to my friend who was another man of God and I was speaking to him about my situation and I, I, I said, you know, I go, this is how I want to handle it. I go, you know, you have any counsel for me? I'm so thankful for that man of God's life. So he says to me, he says, Frank, he goes, we were raised wrong in the church. They, they, made, they raised us with so much judgment and, and hardness. And, and, and now, because of the way we were raised, we think that's how we need to be with our kids. He said to me, he said, if you pull away from her, who's going to get closer? When he said that to me, it was like the spirit of conviction came inside me. And I says, I'm doing this all wrong. I'm blasting. And I'm pissed off. And rightfully so, by the way. But at the age that she's at, if this is the way I manage it, I will lose my relationship with her. I repented. I said to the Lord, I'm going to do the opposite of what I decided. I'm going to put aside all my feelings and I'm going to get even closer to her. I'm going to love on her like I never loved on her before. This was a game changer in my family. After I did that, I told my wife about how I managed the case. And I told her, Nat, I think we've been parenting wrong. Because I come from a ministry where it was the fear of God. And so for me, it was like, well, the kids have to have the fear. 
this is not the spirit of God. Look, I'm not saying that there cannot be a moment where somebody is in outright rebellion and God won't speak harshly to him. I'm not saying that. There is, there is place in the word of God for a harsh rebuke. But, but I don't believe that that is the spirit that God is always operating in. God says he's slow to anger. He's long-suffering. So, and I really believe that we have it disbalanced today. We are always angry. And we communicate the word of God with so much anger. Sometimes you hear it in the voice of people. When they speak to their friend or speak to others, it's, you're angry. It's like you want to force it on someone. This is another spirit. We must speak as we are moved by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will move us with, un, with, with a compelling love. Do you know that there's this verse that I've been meditating on this week? And it's just been making me scratch my head all week. It's the verse where Jesus says, He says, The Father loves me because I'm laying down my life for you. Man, then how much does the Father love you? Think about it. Jesus says, The Father loves me not for me. He loves me because I'm going to die for you. That means how much does He love you? He loves you so much that He is happy that I'm going to die for you. How much love is that? It's too much love. And, and we're going to blast everybody? No, let's, let's blast them with the love of God. Let's make people to understand the extent at which the Father loves them. Are you really afraid that God's love cannot bring conviction in somebody's life? To be able to bring lasting and genuine change. That's another spirit. Tell somebody, I want the spirit of God. Long suffering. Patient. Goodness, la bonté, soft, soft, not harsh, soft. Some of us we just lack that softness. Soft, shed that, shed that anger off. Come on, man, just shed it off. Touch your neighbor, say, you need you need some some uh, 
You need some spiritual fleecy on you. <laughs> to just be softer. But I know. Some of us, we grew in churches. They hammered our head every week. Every week. Every week you're confronted. Every week you feel bad about something. Every week you're crying because you didn't you, you didn't live up to God's expectation. And even though you lived in such condemnation, now you're condemning your kids. Now, and you, even though you lived in such condemnation, now you're condemning your kids. Did you like it? Oh, God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Let me wrap this up. I spoke about another another Jesus. I spoke about another spirit. Let me talk to you about another gospel. I'm going to make this one really simple. The gospel we preach is that salvation comes by faith and not by works. Every time that we're putting a plus to the salvation that people received we're stepping out of the gospel you're speaking to this new guy and he's and you, and you know the guy opened up to you and now he's ready to receive Jesus so we want to receive Jesus we want to receive him by faith the guy says yes we pray together and he receives Jesus and as soon as he finishes praying you look at him I just want you to know now you got to come to church uh, every week man. You gotta start reading your Bible. Uh, I'm gonna get you one. Just start adding all kind of stuff. And, and now this guy is like, uh, what, do you, what do you mean? What we should be doing is saying, did you sense the spirit of Jesus? He loves you so much. Would you want to get to know him? And he says, yeah, I would love to get to know one of the best ways to get to know you can come we have, we're a body of believers every Sunday we get together you'll get to know him more and you know what if you would like I can get you a Bible you, it, there's full of the stuff that he says right in there would you like to know what he says do you see that the approach is completely different see because I'm not obligating him to something I'm inviting him to draw closer to the Christ that he's just received. I'm not obliging him. I'm equipping him. The Bible says that the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers were there for the perfecting of the saints. We're not there for the ruling of the saints. We're not there to obligate the people. We're there to perfect the people. 
on est là pour les perfectionner. We're there to give you the word. On est là pour vous apporter la you parole. Must take what we give you. Et vous devez prendre ce qu'on vous donne. And draw closer to him. Et puis vous rapprocher de Dieu. All of us. Until all of us can grow and become mature and grounded in the love of God. Not grounded in the word of God. Uh, let me tell you something. There's a difference between being grounded in the love of God and being grounded in the word of God. I know people that know 150 verses. They don't know God. So you don't need to be grounded in the word. You need to be grounded in the love. Grounded in relationship. And I can assure you that if you're grounded in the love, you will be studying the words. Without pressure. One gospel. Salvation is by faith. And we receive it. It's grace. It's grace. No strings attached. Isn't that so simple? Let me put it for you in a nice little paragraph. Jesus. There's one Jesus. He's the Son of God. He's the only way. He's the only truth. He is the life. Today, he's a resurrected Jesus. He's glorious. This Jesus has a message. His message is salvation is in me by faith. And the spirit that he releases it in, it is a spirit of grace. Not one of condemnation. Not one with force. But in the message of love, there is conviction of sin. In the message of love, there is truth. And sometimes truth can seem harsh. But it's truth. There's nothing wrong with saying truth. There's something wrong with condemning people with it. Telling somebody you are wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. You're speaking truth. But to condemn people, make them feel stupid, make them feel judged, this is another spirit. Did somebody receive something today? Walk in simplicity. Walk with Christ. Walk in His Spirit. And speak His Word. Please, keep it simple. May God bless you. Brother Nick, you want to close in prayer with yes. a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful message about keeping it simple. Father God, we love you, God, we speak to you, Lord, right into our hearts. We ask that you would help us throughout the day, Lord, to apply your daily guidance, to live it, Lord God, to sit by keeping it simple, by reacting with love and compassion and understanding.
understanding. We thank you, Father God. Give us the power to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Oh, thank you. Come 